Welcome to Law Firms on the Map, the go-to digital marketing show for attorneys serious about their business growth. I'm your host, Christoph Sprenken, CEO of On the Map Marketing. Our agency has helped thousands of attorneys crush their SEO and digital marketing goals over the last decade. Today, I'm meeting with the one and only digital PR godfather, Ferry Casoni. Yes, Ferry, I just called you a godfather of digital PR. I know you appreciated that. Ferry is one of the best in business when it comes to landing large media publication backlinks. He has accomplished that through creative digital PR campaigns and even better, he's actually done it for tons of law firms, hence why he's here. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, digital PR for law firms. Ferry, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Looking forward to sharing knowledge with everyone. Oh, you're well known for that and your knowledge generosity is unmatched. Maybe you can give us a really quick intro about yourself and how you got into digital PR. I can say I am an SEO who figured out PR, which I think is a massive leverage because if we do, if you go the other way around, then PRs have to figure out SEO in order to be able to generate the links and to understand, you know, philosophically why we need links with PR. Usually PR is about coverage, but we don't care about coverage. We care about, and I think SEOs, we should care about links. And so I've been building websites and niche websites, monetized with ads and affiliates before even I had like clients for SEO. And then I started taking on clients for SEO. I started building them guest post links and forum links and even, you know, lots of link exchanges. And in 2020, I discovered digital PR and we had two employees in 2020 and we had no, no proper department. But then I said, we're going to stop doing anything but digital PR in 2021. And we have morphed from like an SEO agency into a PR agency that actually focuses on SEO, right? Uh, and that's how we started experimenting with, with stories, with creative uh, concepts for PR that will en- enable us to earn links. And uh, yeah, we are an SEO agency who quit doing SEO and who's doing um, a PR now for SEO, SEO departments. That's awesome. So you've really, there is this concept that's floating around for agencies niching down. So you really niche down within the digital PR space. And I've noticed that too. Funny thing, most of the digital PR agencies are out of UK. I don't know what's about that, but maybe you guys are the ones that started this concept of digital PR really for SEO. Maybe you can explain how do you see the overlap between the actual PR benefits, which is for brand awareness and the SEO benefits between the digital PR link building approach? It is definitely both. So there's definitely sometimes some stories get shared even on Twitter and on like big publications. Sometimes you can see they have a thousand comments on some of the stories that not just us, but other agencies as well produce, which is amazing. But I think digital PR agencies should especially the ones who are focusing on link link building, should stop um, measuring coverage as a success. And I know this will this is scratching the chalkboard now with the fingernails, but it's either either you are focusing on generating links or either you're focusing on generating coverage. And it's two I think it's two different skill sets and two different approaches, even from the ideation upwards that you have to take with the two methods. So I think both of the benefits can be there for the PR campaign, like links and coverage. But if you want to really just nail the SEO game in for, with digital PR, the only focus should be links. And I know, uh, again, this sounds bad. 
any PR agency will probably stop watching the video now. Stop, stop but, saying but that, Larry. Yeah, hopefully not. But, but I think for digital PRs who want to help the SEO, it's mostly about links. And, and, and that, that's our philosophy. Um, and that's, that's how we have built this service up. And, and I can see many other agencies doing this as well. So talk to us a little bit about that. Um, we've dabbled a little bit in digital PR as well. And the conversations that usually come up is, when can you really see the positive influence on rankings from digital PR? And obviously, this is, it depends type of question, but maybe you can give your um, answer to that. How should people start looking at it? Because you might launch one digital PR campaign. Is that enough? Or what's coming from an expert? What is really the way to start analyzing the impacts from these links on SEO campaign? Digital PR should be regarded as an ongoing activity. Um, it's just like with any link building practice, right? If you start building links and you stop, then Google will be like, hey, we had 20 links in two months and then it suddenly stopped. What does that signal to Google? It means that something artificial happened there or something that's only trendy and short-lived. And we've seen, we have clients who've been, we've been running campaigns every month for the past two years. And with every Google update, they kept on going up and up. We've also had clients who've done one campaign and they exploded after one campaign. So it's not, it's not black or white. It really depends on how, what link velocity the domain has already got. Do they already have consistent link velocity from other link building methods or even just earning organic links because they have 5,000 pieces of content already, which is the case with, with many big websites. If let's say the website is small, then they can just run one campaign every quarter and they will see a, a big improvement after two, three quarters. And I said, there, there are cases when you launch one campaign and you have an instant explosion in rankings, but I don't think that should be an expected outcome for any PR campaign. I don't think anyone should expect, oh, I'm going to launch one campaign. I'm going to get like 10 links in NBC and whatever uh, national regional publication, and then I'm going to explode. That should not be the expectation. I'm going to invest into this as a consistent link velocity generator where I'm being mentioned as the expert in my field who conducts research every month or who provides tips every month about, about topics relevant to my niche. And that's how I want to I wanna just keep on getting buzz in the media every month. And that's how this should be approached. So conceptually, what are the approaches to digital PR? Just want to unpack that a little bit for our listeners. What are the main strategies, how you guys get these links from big media publications? It's, it's the holy grail of link building. Any client would want to see those links. And as you already mentioned, the impacts on SEO are really amazing from landing those. There's three methods that we use, and then I, I, I suggest anyone to use. It's a reactive PR, it's expert commentary PR, and data-driven PR. With reactive PR, if something happens in the world, I know, a celebrity gets sued, then as a law expert, as a legal expert, you can jump in and add an expert commentary saying, we think that they are most likely to lose and this lawsuit because we think this and this. And what this is what they could do to actually win. If out in the news, you will 100% get coverage and lots of links if you can jump on it on time. So that's reactive PR. And we've done this for almost every niche from fitness to sleep to everything, yeah, even smoking, like where, where Snoop Dogg announced that he's going to start smoking, like a hoax, right? 
we got them 10 links for a vaping client because we quickly jumped on the trend. And it can be, it can be the same in every niche, including the elite niche. Whenever something's happen, happening in the, in the media, in the news, jump on it within one or two hours and just push an expert comment to you. Just add your opinion on what's happening. It's a reactive PR, but combined with expert commentary, right? But then there's expert commentary that's not tied into a reactive piece, which means if if it's Christmas and that's, it can be like a planned expert commentary, you can, as a low expert, you can talk about what to do so your neighbors are not going to see you if they fall over your backyard or something like that, right? Uh, if, if you sleep on the ice, I know in, you're in Miami, there's no ice there. There's lots of regions where there's lots of ice during Christmas and how to avoid neighbors from suing you. Slip uh, and fall. Right? Exactly, right? That's an expert commentary tied into Christmas. And I think many... Avoid, jobs, avoid the Christmas slip and fall. That's genius. Yeah, 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 yeah. These are just ideas that fly through my head now, but I can see those working really well, both in the US and the UK. Because journalists will write about Christmas and then they will write about topics and it's, and they always need an expert. They always need like an extra sprinkle on their stories. So they make it more unique and more interesting. Then they will, they will definitely cover, cover your insight and they will most of the cases link back to your website or your client's website. That's awesome. And the third piece you mentioned was data driven. Data driven. So data driven means you go to um, the government website. And you analyze some data about either workplace accidents or car accidents or even even lawsuits. There's probably data in the U.S. that the most you know lawsuit obsessed states, and where you find out per hundred thousand population how many lawsuits have been launched, and per hundred thousand uh, people in every area of the U.S. That's a story that will definitely land lots of links, right? So you analyze data sets, you combine it with population data, or even you analyze accidents data, combine it with the miles of the roads that you have in every state or every city. And then you say, according to, these are the most dangerous areas to drive in the US. According to data and combined, look, looking at number of accidents per 1,000 miles in the state, something like that, right? And these type of campaigns, do you... Target specific specific journalists, or how do you control the actual outreach strategy? Absolutely, you go to tools like Roxil Media or Cision, and you can just say, "Give me all the journalists who have written about accidents or, or like road accidents in the past six months," and it gives you a list of like hundreds of journalists, and you download that list, and then you push it out. Again, you can also target regional journalists who write about stories in. Certain regions say uh, they're like journalists who write about just things happening in Miami. And if Miami ranks in top 10 or bottom 10 in like the most accident prone cities or the least accident prone cities, then you can push it to those locations. The editors who write specifically about those locations say, hey, we have our, our research finds that Miami is like the third most accident prone um, area in, in America. And then they would definitely cover it. It's like ego bait. Most or least, top 10, bottom 10. Interesting. So you have to have a really unique angle in these pitches. Yeah, now we sometimes re-angle, sometimes do 50 angles for a piece. There is this concept in law firm SEO that no one wants to link to attorney websites because they can be pretty different niches, like a criminal attorney, personal injury attorney. There's 
boring topics and there's often even stigma with attorneys for some reason people are not huge fans of attorneys <laughs> how many links have you landed do you believe this concept as well that you can it's hard to build links for attorneys absolutely not it's super easy to build links if you have a good story so as long as the client is in a, in a niche that's not illegal or it's not unethical you can actually land links if you give the journalist a good story they are happy to link back to the company who commissioned the research Right? That's the key. Give them a good story. Give them a story so good that they have no option but to publish it. And to answer your question, we built uh, probably thousands of links to authority websites. We have one of our second largest client base is attorney. The biggest client base is uh, gambling and casino. Right? <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. Um, Talking about the hardest SEO niches. Yeah, that is. Yeah. The second one, the second largest one is attorneys and personal injury lawyers and so on. And we have, yeah. We have built thousands of links in this niche. And it's not hard as long as you give the journalists what they want, which is an interesting story or, or insight. So with the experience you have in digital PR for law firms, what you, you mentioned already a couple ideas how to approach it, but maybe you can talk about some of the most successful ones you have seen in your experience. Yeah, we, we've, done lots, we've done lots of interesting ones. We've done, we've done the most dangerous state for pedestrians where we have found... Um, that's a, we actually got in Forbes with that and MSN and, and lots of other regional publications. And we have analyzed accidents that involve pedestrians. And I think the team has calculated the number of accidents per population. And then we, you know, we created, again, top 10, bottom 10. And we pushed it out on behalf of our local client and we got them lots of links with this story. The same story, but angled to cyclists, the most dangerous States for cyclists is the same kind of approach, but with a different angle. Again, that got us lots of links for like personal injury, injury lawyer, clients. Most dangerous state states for all the drivers. These are amazing ideas. Can you explain this brainstorming process? Or are you guys just such a bunch of creatives that just sit down and you're like, all right, let's drop some ideas. How do you come up with these uh, amazing concepts? The best place to go is the news outlets themselves. So just go and analyze what journalists are writing about. That's the best place to start from. Analyze what they've written. You can use advanced Google search queries, say like site, Forbes.com, and then you can say in title, and then you can just say accidents, or you can just say the most or the least, and then you can just put in your law-related queries further down. So you can analyze what they are written about in the past six months or even the past one year, just to get the vibe of the media. And then that's the starting point. And then we have a Slack channel where the whole team is there and we share the ideas together. We also analyze lots of previous digital PR campaigns from all agencies in the world. We have a big database of thousands of campaigns that we have collected to just see what works, what doesn't work, why this works, why that doesn't work. So we analyze previous campaigns combined with analyzing the news that was trending now and figuring out what's the next thing that we can launch that will be most likely successful for, for this client. And I imagine there's also some repetitive nature as well when you're doing the outreach to the journalists. They, st they start seeing the same names. Does that help as well to land the placements? It, it could help, but, but that's, that, that's probably not the main factor. Like we... Yeah, and I think if you're an agency that's got good reputation, but it can help, but it's, it shouldn't be the fact. That's not the factor. I think the story 
itself is the actual success factor. It doesn't matter if, if you're like a reputable agency, if the story is not good, right? The story has to be good. So we don't rely on our, our name or the volume that we execute. I think, and nobody should, should be put off by, oh, we are like small digital PR freelancer or like our department is just a one-man band in, in this company. Uh, that's, it doesn't matter as long as the story is good, you will land links. And when you guys do the outreach, do you do it as agency or you do it on behalf of the client as with the client's emails? We do it as an agency, yeah, with our agency email. We have 50, about 50 executives who push out lots of campaigns every day. So the volume does matter. Not only the idea has to be good, but then the volume of the outreach to the journalists has to, to be good. You have to play the volume game as well. Yes, indeed. You cannot just send... Uh, 50 emails and then expect anything to land. Most cases, it will not land. You guys use some mass email tools to reach out to the journalists at the same time? You can use Roxy Media and Cision as well. Cision has got a, a built-in outreach tool. So those are pretty, pretty good. You can just create the list and send it out straight from there. And we actually sent thousands of campaigns through Roxy and Cision as well. You guys are busy. How many emails do you guys send a day? Like 10,000? It can be now more than 10,000, more and more. We have, yeah, we have days when we go even beyond six figures. Wow, wow. Okay, impressive. Yeah. It shows but the results. Large team. It's a large team. It's a very large yeah. team. You guys are doing great work. Okay, I wanted to ask you one more question. You've been very generous already with the ideas and the concepts. I want to switch the gears just a little bit from law firm digital PR to where SEO is heading. We're in such an insane time right now. So I just want to hear your thoughts on AI, SGE, all these algorithm updates. Like, what's happening? Where are we going to see SEO in 2024 for the predictable future? <laughs> I think SEO, SEOs are forcing Google to, I mean, including our, us, right? We always experiment crazy things. We're forcing Google to pay more attention to extreme authenticity on the web. So the date of the AI picture, pro, AI picture, a profile picture, um, authors are gone. I think if you don't have any credentials online as an author of the website, you will become more and more irrelevant. And even if you have credentials, you will have to be able to, with technical SEO to prove it because that's what Google will trust. So Google will start, you will start finding more authentic content on the web. And I appreciate at the beginning, it's going to be not perfect and it's probably going to be a mess. But that's what I can see Google is going towards. Very unique, very authentic authors, very unique, very authentic content as well. Like AI can just rewrite any content. But if you have videos as well, if you have unique images, if you have a real persona, you're an expert in your field. And I think Google will pay more and more attention to signals such as being mentioned in this big publication. That's why digital PR is actually booming now because Google will pay more and more attention to even your social media presence, to what people think about you. So if you Google your name or your company name, what minus your site, you say minus, minus site and then your website, what does the World Wide Web talk about you? That's going to be more and more important. So I think short term is going to be a chaos, but long term, the search results will be more authentic and from more trusted sources. 
I love it. Extreme authenticity. That's a new term now labeled by you, Ferry. Ferry, thank you so much. Uh, you've been extremely generous with your time and ideas. We can literally now go build uh, links for our clients ourselves. I know it's not that easy, but thank you so much. I appreciate your time. If our listeners want to learn more about you or follow you online, where can they find you? Just LinkedIn. Just Google Ferry and then Casoni and you will find me on LinkedIn. That's where I hang out. Even when I wake up at 3.50 in the nighttime, I, I, will, I just open LinkedIn first and then I go back to sleep. Same. I love LinkedIn. All right. Thank you so much, Ferry. Appreciate your time. And maybe we'll see you soon back again. Talk about part two. All right. Thank you. 